Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. It's time to get to what's going on across the Zone Sports Network. Austin? Every day on The Big Show. Gordon and Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon, it's time for What's Going On here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Let's start with uh, DJ and PK, shall we, Gordon? Okay. Uh, They talked about our interview yesterday with Dennis Lindsay and his comment about uh, Donovan and Rudy and uh, their relationship. Here's what the guys had to say. They have no choice but how they play. They have to play well. These guys have won jack squat in this league, and so now they're going to go out and be pouty and not play together? I don't buy that either. What position have they established themselves in the league? They're nice players, and they made the all-star team, but that's great. But if that's all they do, if this is the highlight of their careers, then they're going to be forgotten in, in the league sense. They have so much more to accomplish. They're in no position to be dictating to anyone, get rid of this player. I can't play with them. Who the hell are you? They're not going to be saying that. That's not even a possibility. They're nothing in terms of legacy in this league. Now they have an opportunity to establish something and establish something very good individually and collectively, but they haven't done that yet. Mitchell looks like he's going to be a superstar, but he's not there yet. So I, I, I don't see some 23-year-old who has getting beat in the first round last year running his mouth acting like, well, man, you better do what I tell you. What? For what? We already went down that road with Hayward. And that, that, they bounced back overnight virtually from that, and Hayward's a role player being drastically overpaid for Boston. So forget that. And I, I don't see where all this stuff, at its worst – which I don't think it is, but just for argument's sake, at its worst, I don't see where that devalues the Jazz and puts them in a bad position. Well, the thing that could help them is if there are multiple suitors, then even if they know you have to trade, they're bidding against each other. So that would be the thing. But, I mean, we're getting a cart in front of the horse here. I mean, I think they have to get back to play. You have to see how they get along when they're around each other every day. And more importantly, you have to see how all this translates to winning. Now, when they come back, it's going to be a weird deal. Neutral court playoffs with no crowd. I mean, it's, it's going to yeah, be odd, but nonetheless, term. it is. And nonetheless, they have to evaluate because, as you pointed out earlier, what really matters is what happens when you hit free agency. Does the team, does this team want to commit to the Supermax? Do other teams want to commit to the Supermax? And you got to kind of figure that out before you get there. If you're going to make a trade, 
Yeah, well, and that's so that's that all has point. to be yeah. sorted out when they start playing again. And that has nothing to do whether these guys are roommates and love <laughs> each other. It has zero to do with it. It's it's irrelevant. Who cares? It has no bearing whatsoever. When they get back out on the floor, they're going to play. They have no other choice. Strong uh, take there by PK, and he, and I think he's right. Um, I, I mean, I do think they have a choice. And I do think liking to play with your teammates does matter. Yeah, I, I think that matters. If he's saying that he doesn't, I, or that it doesn't, I disagree. Well, okay, explain your position on that a little more, in more detail. You think if Michael didn't like playing with Scotty, Scotty would be on the team? Well, yeah, but neither one of these guys is Michael Jordan. No, but both of them and carry. That's PK's, that's PK's point. But both of them carry a lot of value in the franchise. Do so, you think they carry enough value to be able to dictate who should be on the team and who shouldn't? I think if one of them said and stood by it that they didn't want to play with the other, I think that that would create uh, tremendous damage or potential damage for the franchise. Yeah. But do you think they're in a position at this point in their careers to do that? Sure. Why not? Hmm. Well, I think PK's point was they haven't even threatened for a championship yet. So they, they, his, his point, the way I took it, was that they have not yet positioned themselves to be able to make that call. And in the meantime, you go out and bust your hump to make it possible to put yourself in that position. But right now isn't that time. Chris Paul's never sniffed a championship in his entire career, and he's done it at least twice. Forced other franchises to trade him. Mm. Right? Uh, I guess I don't know when he started in on that stuff. He forced but, uh, the Hornets to trade him when the NBA yeah, how, owned him. And then he forced long, the Clippers to trade him. He did how both. long had Chris Paul been in the league at that point? Uh, he was coming up on the end of his rookie extension. So he, mean, he told him, he said, I'm leaving no matter what, so trade me. Yeah. Okay, so he had been in the league, what, seven years by then? Well, probably five or six by then, but that's how long Rudy's been in the league. Well, as I go back and I examine guys who have pulled that kind of stuff, do you remember when Magic Johnson did that with uh, Paul Westhead? Uh, No. He essentially, and that happened in Salt Lake City right here. uh, I think it was after a jazz game or something. And he he said that uh, he essentially got his coach fired. And I think he was pretty young in his career at that point. But Magic won a freaking NBA championship in his rookie season. So, I mean, he, I think he carried a little more weight than either one of these two do. But you bring up a good counterpoint in that within the framework of the Jazz, I imagine what they, what they have on their mind is pretty important to management. Well, it's, you know, if you want to look at NBA players like commodities, because they kind of are. Rudy and Donovan are two very valuable commodities, not only to the Jazz but to the rest of the league. So as as you know, you know if you just lose a commodity or one commodity says I don't want to be here, yeah, that's a huge deal. I don't care how many games you've it's won. A, it's a, it's a huge deal. But are either one of these guys in a position to bark at management about who's on the team and who isn't? Yes, both of them are. Really, you think so? Yes. If they does want that to, seem like, does that seem if like they the want jazz's, to? Does that seem like the Jazz's way to capitulate to that kind of thing? 
I don't know. They they would have to choose how they would react to it. But you asked me if they carry enough weight to do that. Sure. No, I'm Doesn't saying mean do they that carry they enough for the Jazz to feel pressured uh, into following whatever it is their wishes are. Well, yeah, Gordon, because then I'm not saying, let me preface this, I'm not saying this would ever happen, but what happens if Donovan Mitchell says, I'm not showing up? Oh, that would damage him in a major way. I, I agree, but he could do that. You asked me if that could happen. Yes, 100% he could uh, Okay, do this is what I'm saying he couldn't do. He couldn't go to the Jazz. He couldn't go to Quinn Snyder and Dennis Lindsay and all the rest of the guys and say, uh, look, either you get rid of so-and-so or else I'm going to demand a trade. Uh, I don't think the Jazz are going to run out and and, uh, and 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 bow to his wishes if he makes that kind of threat. Well, Does that I, sound like the kind of guy you would want to build a franchise around? I don't know, but PK's argument was that it doesn't matter. It does. It, no, because I think what PK is saying is he hasn't established himself to the point where he's powerful enough to 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 carry that kind of weight within the franchise. He has, and he could. If he wants to. Uh, That's the nature again, of the game. I, That's I, the nature I disagree of the game. with that because I'm talking about to the point where the Jazz have to listen to what he says and then follow his wishes. Well, they can I, decide I whether th- or not they want to follow his wishes. Well, that's what I mean. But, that, but that's he has the, the that's power to do that, in, certainly. That's has inherent that. in the question. Is Does he have that kind of is – he, is he like a Magic Johnson who can say, all right, I want this guy out. And, and, and the Lakers, or in this case the Jazz, say, oh, okay – He's out. I'm not. I don't think Donovan carries that weight. Well, he could. Uh, and I, I'm uncomfortable going. I don't want people to misinterpret the conversation that we're having. So I hope people are listening carefully because I'm not. You're talking theoretically. Any, we're not being specific. We're right. Yeah. But if if Donovan went to the to the franchise and said it's him or me, now maybe they decide him. Maybe they decide you. But he can make them make that choice. Okay, uh, I I believe. Yeah. Well, the, any anybody could do that. Yeah. Anybody, and, anybody but, can but do that. Donovan's and good man, enough the that management he, just looks at it and says, okay, it's you. Yeah, You're Donovan gone. might be good enough that they'd pick Donovan. Well, I go back to what PK was saying. What has Donovan Mitchell done that gives him that kind of truck within the Jazz organization? I mean, I know he sells a lot of jerseys and he's he's an all-star, but, uh, but by like, that, like, like PK was saying, if that's all he ever does, then he'll be forgotten pretty quick. Well, by that argument, you could lay out his resume and say, geez, why would you build your franchise around a guy like that, but yet the Jazz are? Well, it's easy to do that because he isn't making those kinds of demands. He isn't creating that kind of problem. No, but you could you could say, oh, what's he ever won? Why would you build your franchise around a guy like that? I mean, that's the problem with that kind of logic. But those, those are two different things. Building up your franchise around it is different than kowtowing to every wish. It's really related, actually. If you're building uh, your franchise no, around it, then his opinion not, matters. Well, yeah, but not, no, because he's still, yes. you're, you're building your franchise around him so he can emerge into what you're hoping and projecting him to be. That's part of it. Uh-huh. But you're, but he's but not you're also yet. establishing a value I, 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 on somebody. Is, we think this you're is, this good. And that this gives where, him power. That gives him leverage. Is where, this is where we disagree. I think he would have that kind of power once he has accomplished what the Jazz are hoping he'll be. But at this point in time, it's too early. 
See, <laughs> if he were a player that you could just cut and have it not affect you, then I would come along with you. But Donovan's way more valuable than that. Well, they're not just going to cut him. They would trade him if he was a malcontent. You think you're getting equal value back in a Donovan Mitchell trade? It would depend on how it was handled. Yeah, but based on history, you're not getting equal value back. Uh, yeah, I, I think going back to what PK said, I think he's talking in, in, in from the corner of Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. Don't go there because you have it. You don't deserve that kind of respect yet. I think sometimes uh, locker room camaraderie is overrated. I, I don't think you have to, as you've said uh, a number of times, you know, be best friends in order to be teammates. But if you're teammates, you have a relationship. So to say that the, the status of that relationship doesn't matter is ridiculous when we're talking about players as important as Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And I don't think I'm I'm I don't think that's that crazy of a statement. I really don't. I think you can find ways to utilize both of these guys' unique talents on the floor, even if they're if they're not the chummiest of buds. Uh, and so that's all you need. Well, John Stockton and Mark Jackson weren't the chummiest of buds, were they? And yet, who was on the team the next year and who wasn't? Yeah, but Mark Jackson at this point in his career was not particularly valuable. Okay. I mean, we could we can break down the reason why, but the truth is, is it happened. That stuff matters. That's all I'm saying. They don't have to Mark, be the best Mark of buds, Jackson, but they Mark have to be able to play Mark, together. Mark, Mark Jackson was dispensable at that point. I mean, at that point, well, then that career, probably wasn't a real smart way to throw uh, to throw down, was it? And no. he paid the and he paid the price. And that's what PK is saying about either one of these guys but right now. Don't tell. I'm not saying that they're going to do it, but either one of them is capable of doing it and and making major major waves. Well, I, that's a different question. Okay, now I've reached. Frustration level where we've gone in a uh, in a giant circle. Uh, should we move on? Let's let's stay with DJ and PK, but let's switch gears to uh, football. Here's them talking about Oregon and if they're poised for several years of uh, dominance. The Ducks poised to repeat. You ready for a dynasty there? Or you think uh, losing a recruiter we were talking about yesterday and uh, USC about to get the upper hand and get it together? Or that takes a while to show up and Oregon will just be fine for a couple of years here? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about one game where they would play each other in the conference final and in a one-game basis. I don't know that I can say SC is better than Oregon or is going to be or Oregon is going to be better than SC in terms of if they should play each other in that final and who wins that game game, but I do think Oregon has put itself, uh, how would you say, righted the ship. And I'm looking at stuff. You know, they got a new offensive coordinator. And so they got a pitcher. The guy's name is Moorhead, right? And uh, to get better prepared for this interview, I'm looking at stuff. And so the guy, he held a press conference, I think, uh, uh, early part of February. So it's him sitting at a podium speaking, and then they've got a picture of him, and he's going over to a a group of fans that are sitting there at the press conference, and he leans over to shake someone's hand. And whose hand do you think it is that he's shaking? Yours. 
It's Phil Knight. Oh. The other PK. <laughs> the other PK. <laughs> the other PK. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they just suck up to this dude. It, 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 they they got to feel somewhat dirty. And they just have to. You have to. It's a Catholic term. You have to genuflect to this guy at all times. I mean, there's four other guys in the picture, but there he is, this new coordinator, Moorhead, going right tonight. You got to make sure he's okay because he funds the program. He owns, he basically owns the program. And they've gotten through the coaching changes. Crystal Ball seems to know what he's doing. Uh, they're recruiting nationally again because there's not a lot of kids in Oregon. Now, obviously, they've got to replace Herbert, but they're loaded in other areas. Their big uh, deficiencies and what they need to replace is Herbert, and they lost four out of five offensive linemen. But the one lineman that they returned, the kid from St. George, Sewell, is viewed as he's Outland Trophy winner, so he's literally viewed as the best offensive lineman in the country. And he met the hype because he had all sorts of hype coming out of high school, and he's met that. And I would assume that this would be his last year because he's a junior now, and he would go into the NFL. But they return a lot of skill guys. So for the short term, and probably, you know, the long term being what, though, DJ? Five years, would you say? Can you really go beyond that? Five years is a long time. You never know how much a coach is going to win. With a college coach, you always wonder, are they going to get the itch and want to go to the NFL? So if nothing else, you have to worry about that. Now, they may not go. You know, there have been rumors about David Shaw at Stanford forever. Uh, You know, and that could end their run if he takes off. Well, the truth is, back to that five-year thing, he had a great run. The last couple of years haven't been as good. And, you know, Stanford always knew, hey, this can't go on forever. It could end if Shaw goes to the NFL. Well, he hasn't gone to the NFL, but the run has ended nonetheless. And he's still there. Maybe he'll he'll get it back. Not usually. I actually think that having it slip has re-energized him to get it back. So, in a sense, he's found a new life because last year they bottomed out. They had slipped, but they didn't bottom out. Last year they bottomed out. So, now they've got to regroup. What do you think, Gordon? Well, I know this much. The other PK does own the Oregon program. (laughs) Uncle PK? Uncle Phil? Uh, Uncle Phil, he... He, he his money has helped build that program, that athletic uh, program into into programs into what they are. And when he walks into the room, you better believe everyone does exactly what PK said. They genuflect because he is the boss by a long shot. And without him, we wouldn't be talking about Oregon Duck football. We wouldn't be talking about Oregon Duck basketball. We wouldn't be talking about Oregon at all. So I, my question then, uh, because Oregon has the, the financial resources, you're right, uh, everything that they could possibly need. And since uh, apparel and shoe companies were excluded from the new uh, sponsor rules in the NCAA with using your image and likeness, which I still find a hilarious hypocrisy, that he's still uh, going to be able to uh, cheat uh, up there like he always has. My question is, does he have the right head coach? Now, I like Mario Cristobal. He's a great interview. He's got a he's got a really um, kind of tough guy, but yet magnetic personality when we get a chance mm-hmm. to talk to him at uh, Media Days. And uh, I think he has a lot of potential. But is he good enough to turn it into the Chip Kelly factory that where Oregon was good 
every single year. I don't know if Cristobal is that guy quite yet. Because USC has been looking for the next Pete Carroll for how long now, right? So it's yeah. not a guarantee that you can just plug any buffoon into that situation and they're going to succeed. So I wonder... Well, and, and Oregon's a good example of that. Right. Because they... Yeah, but they that was a good team last year. It was. Man, but Herbert, I mean, best quarterback in the country, arguably. Arguably. Well, Joe Burrow probably locked that up. But you know what I'm saying. Best yeah. quarterback in the conference, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, uh, to your credit, you were singing their praises before the season even started. And uh, they had that one unfortunate loss early on. Otherwise, they probably would have been in the playoff. He, uh, I remember, and, and I know he's passed. I think he passed in the, in the last year or so. But you remember T. Boone Pickens? The booster for Oklahoma State. Yeah. And that guy, I mean, that guy is worth billions, right? And he was just funneling it to Oklahoma State. How does Mike Gundy still have a job? Because if I was (laughs) spending that much money on a program that was that mediocre, I'd be like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, money. Matt Muller is lucky to be employed. Money is huge. I mean, it makes a big, big difference if it is funneled properly. It's not the end-all, be-all. I mean, it can be squandered. It can be, and if you hire the wrong people, then obviously that's the quickest way to waste it. But, uh, but yeah, uh, it's got you got to have the right people in place. That is so true. And as much as I complain about how much coaches make in the college game, uh, if you have a good one, you're going to win. If you don't, you don't. And that goes to far more than just X's and O's. It goes. It's an organizational skill. It goes to motivational skill. It goes to evaluation skill. It goes to hiring skill. You've got to have the right guy in place. And that's why when you have a guy like Nick Saban, who is an arrogant SOB, and we all know that, but he has lost a lot of assistant coaches through the years. And what does he do? He hires the right guys. And he has some advantages to be able to get those guys into his program. But he's been very good at uh, replacing uh, departing uh, coaches, and and he does that, and and the thing rolls forward. So you got the right guy in the in the in the head seat, and uh, he's your program's going to win. I think that's pretty well proven out, isn't it? I like when we, when I I remember that line from Frank Layden when he was asked why he had a losing record uh, on the whole in his coaching career, and he said, "I always had bad players." Um, well, the coaches have something to say about what the quality of the players is that you get. And if they get any better. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up top of the 4 o'clock hour, we're going to talk to our friend Ryan Miller from KSL.com. He covers the Jazz. David Locke on with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs> Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Let's uh, let's continue on with uh, what's going on, Gordon. We uh, didn't have time in the last segment for this bite, but let's let's keep on talking some college football. Here's Hanson Scotty breaking down Utah and their defense. I think that the defense is going to reload. I think they're going to be fine. Well, it's just, you know, that's a matter of, of giving Kyle Winningham the benefit of the doubt. They're just assuming that more often than not, he's going to have a team that's ready to go defensively. Mm-hmm. And they may not be as good or as 
dominant as last year's team was from time to time. But I think they're also certainly capable of coming along very quickly and and getting themselves up to speed pretty quick. Like, look, Morgan Scalley is just too good of a coach. Sharif Shah is too good of a coach. Uh, you know, you go across the board. Those coaches are some of the best defensive coaches in the country at the collegiate level. Yeah. And you know they've got talent. They've had great recruiting classes time and time again. So I hate saying the word reload when you lose that many players, but Utah's going to come as close to reloading as anybody else out there. They will. And I'll give you a, kind of an example. You know, Putatau saw a lot of reps. He's got 39 games under his belt. He saw a lot of reps. That's a lot of reps, him. yeah. And he's got, he's got one game that he started, and he's a productive interior defensive lineman. Vianney Mawala is a guy that I started to really – talk about last year you remember he's a yep. guy that that came in and, and started to make some noise he play, he's got 13 games under his belt Diane is going to be the other starter I think in the middle I think Peter Tonga is going to fight for it but Peter Tonga is going to be backing him up and he's got 34 games under his belt and six starts so there's three interior defensive linemen that'll rotate that have good experience at defensive end you got Mika Tafu who's back with 19 starts and, um, you know, the one thing that we were talking about through through parts of camp was Mika Tafua is back, but Maxis Tupai was out with some personal issues. Maxis Tupai is going to be fine. To all the Utah fans out there that were, they were wondering why Maxis Tupai wasn't out there for spring and is he not going to be back or is he going to transfer, he was just going through some personal things. Uh, family stuff. Yeah. And he is going to be back in just fine. So you got Maxis Tulipai and Mika Tafua that are going to be your bookends. And then you were working that the transfer. I think he's from Michigan State, that Mufi Hill Hunt. Oh, yeah. You were working him at yep. defensive end as well. Right there, I just named guys that have game experience, start experience, big playmaking experience. So I don't think that this Utah team is as deplete and void of talent as people think. So if you're like, no way, you can't set that at eight wins. Yeah, I can. And I actually feel pretty comfortable sitting at eight wins. And, and if, they, if, if it's seven, I can understand it. Yeah. And we'll talk about it. And as long as they don't beat themselves, I can understand a loss that, that came out of nowhere to a team you didn't really expect it from. Gordon, I think if you're doubting Utah, the Utah program, and, and Kyle Whittingham when it comes to um, replacing defensive talent, I think you haven't been paying attention for a while. Yeah, yeah I'd say you could be fairly secure that the Utes will find a way to put a good defensive unit on the, on the field, regardless, regardless of how many they lose or how many they put in the NFL. They have guys. And they know how to coach him up, and it's impressive. There's no other way to say it. I mean, the evidence is in front of you on the field. You see it year after year. So what's your concern when it comes to next year's Utah football team? I'd, I'd wonder. I mean, you heard Hans go through the various guys who have some experience. But when you're the front-line guy and, and, and you're piecing it all together, all it takes is one or two guys to miss an assignment for a play to turn into a disaster, competitively speaking. And so uh, how will they all form together and will they play consistently without somebody blowing an assignment? Um, 
The that, only, that, that would be my concern, I think. So my concern is the, the only concern, and one's a minor one because we've seen so many great players come into this position, but that defense is so dependent on cornerbacks. Uh-huh. I mean, their, their ability to guard one-on-one is what that defense is built around. So, you know, it's important they find another Jalen Johnson. And, and again, I'm not doubting them because they've been finding guys at that position for a long time. And Sharif Shah has more than proven himself as a recruiter and a coach. But uh, it'll be interesting to see who that next guy is because uh, he's so important. And then uh, well, they, got that, they got that Phillips kid who, right. you know, obviously he'll be a, a freshman, but. You know they've. What does they've he turn out to pretty, be? Right. Yeah, they've the highest rated uh, recruit they've ever landed. So we'll see. That's why I'm saying that one's a minor one because we've seen them replace that position a lot. Uh, but the rest of my concerns are on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, how good is whatever quarterback that they pick? I think the offensive line is going to be better, and I think that was a weakness last year. And then, uh, do they have a number one receiver? I mean, my question about the receivers is every year seemingly. So. Do this they find a, that guy? If that's a concern for you, then then it's a good thing uh, Andy Ludwig has been around for uh, for a go round uh, with uh, in the more modern time, because the other guys have been learning from him and and putting it together bit by bit, and that's an advantage. Uh, even though he had had his run at Utah earlier, this is this is kind of a new deal now, so. So maybe he'll be able to, to have had an impact having been around. And maybe, by the way, I don't want to – I said receivers, but maybe Keithy is is that guy. You know, maybe maybe stud. he emerges no as a number yeah. one because he is a stud. I don't – you know, I think Britton Covey's really good, and I, I think he plays an important role, but it's not that number one dude, you know. Although he can be – he can kind of perform surgery on your defense. No, he's, he's he can be explosive, no doubt. Yeah. He's he's healthy. If he's healthy, then uh, he's going to be an effective uh, weapon as well. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, they they do have some holes to fill, but uh, the and and I don't know. I've seen some odds out of Vegas that they're still favored to win the South. Uh, the one I saw most recently, it had Utah and SC as the favorites in the South. And that's a that's 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 a nice compliment to the Utah program, considering the talent they lost. We've got a Mountain America market update coming up next. Ryan Miller of KSL.com at the top of the four four o'clock hour. Lock top of the five o'clock hour. We'll have more big show next. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. With advanced auto parts, you can get the part you need from the comfort of your garage. We have a wide variety of parts in stock, and you can get them fast. Order online with Advanced Same Day and get your part with Same Day Pickup in-store, Same Day Curbside, or Same Day Delivery. It's the fastest way to get the part you need, where you need it, when you need it. Advance your auto at Advance Auto Parts and participate in CarQuest locations. See store for details. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Albany, Atlanta, Tallahassee, Oklahoma City, Trenton, Nashville, 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a, uh, a Mountain America market update. Let's get out to the Zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our friend Jordan Boyle with us. Hi, Jordan. Good afternoon. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the market. How did we do today? Markets were down a little bit today, except the NASDAQ just squeaked out again. Um, but today we had the first look at April unemployment numbers. About 20 million private sector jobs were lost during the month. And 80% of those came from the service sector. And just so you know, professional sports are part of the service sector. Hmm. Hmm. So I guess my question to you is, with that kind of bad news, how is the market doing even as well as it is? Well, that's the thing that most people understand about markets is that they are forward-looking. The market is trying to forecast what's going to be happening six months from now. And this recession was brought on by a forced shutdown of the economy rather than a poor consumer. Uh, Any tips for us today, uh, Jordan? Yes. Uh, Many people who have been out of work are back at work now or should be in the next few months. But there's something we can learn from this experience. We should all know that it is important to set aside a portion of our income, every paycheck, for retirement. But are we doing that toward a, a short-term savings, like if we lose our jobs? You should have three to six months of living expenses in savings in case you're out of work for a time. I know that a low percentage of Americans had this prior to a couple months ago. So if you can set aside 10 50 or $100 each paycheck, just make sure you are building emergency savings back up little by little. And don't break into that savings for things that aren't real emergencies. Great advice. Thanks for jumping on with us, Jordan. We appreciate it. Thank you. That's our friend Jordan Boyle from Mountain America Investment Services. That's another Mountain America market update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. You heard him, Gordon. No reckless purchases. No uh, no diamond-studded earrings for you, buddy. All right. Well, I'm, I'm listening. I was going to. I was going to get those diamond studs, but uh, decided not to. If, just got the one for the navel. Just that's it. If if Gordon were to lose a bet to us, Austin, and the bet was a piercing of some sort, what would you what would you have him get? Radio friendly. Yeah. Uh, I would like the uh, what's the one called right under the the lip? Right. What's the, that called? The soul patch oh, area. What's that, that called? Hurts, man. I don't oh. know, but I, I I want it so everyone always sees it because that's pretty hardcore too. Like that's Oh man, when I watch when I watch Rodman talk, and he's got that. Uh, oh no, just, not in like, the lip. I'm uh, not the one where he's got that one in the lip. I'm talking the little patch under the, the lip. stud that goes right oh, through the chin. Yeah, I got you. Okay. See, I I think I would make Gordon get not a nose ring out of the side, but the one in the middle, like the bowl ring. Yeah, like the yeah. Really, that that nothing screams me like that. Oh, you would. Oh, imagine a runny nose. Oh, it'd be horrible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just you know, I don't, I don't know how people with normal nose rings deal with uh, true a runny nose. How does how does the allergy season work with a nose ring? That can't be good, right? Maybe they take it out, but then it closes. Uh, yeah, you can't. I know. Uh, I'm not sure it does close in the nose. 
Well, I don't know. You just have a cavity in your nose? Then you no, just I, whistle as you breathe? <laughs> my wife had a piercing uh, on her ear there that she hadn't had uh, put an earring in for a long time. And she she tried it the other day. and it, it, she, But it in the earlobe? Yeah. Yeah, earlobe. Yeah, earlobe yeah. might wait a little bit. But in the nose, I don't know. I just... It, I uh, that nose whistle thing got me. Sorry. Have you ever seen the movie Me, Myself, and Irene yes. when Jim Carrey's running? And he's yes. got the nose issue and it's the whistling. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, all right. So middle of the nose piercing. Gordon, you going to do it? No. Why? So what? You're one and one in the KBO standings. You're are, fine. Is that what we're going to do? Doosan Giants are no. doing all right. Is that going to be our bet? I'm the one that's the, worried no. here for the Korean no, Baseball League no, is a piercing. No, I'm not doing a piercing, guys. Well, that's... then don't lose. Let's vote. Uh, the Yays. <laughs> I'm all for a, I'm all for a piercing. <laughs> the Yays have it. What happens if you lose? No, that's the rule. <laughs> okay, you'd have to get one. Yeah, I, don't I know. Think... Uh, We'd have where to would we, where Austin, Austin like an eyebrow one. Ooh. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. I like the this lip game. thing. The lip thing, though, I, I just, it just looks like it hurts, doesn't it? It all looks like it hurts. You're a baby, I guess. But when I watch Rodman talk, I just think, how can, ow, you know, ow. What if he ever gets a, the fork stuck in there when he's feeding himself? Oh man, that sounds terrible. <laughs> It sure does. It all sounds like terrible. A, feel like a fish on the line. How are piercings such a popular thing? Which would be worse for you, Jake? A, a facial uh, sort of piercing or a tat? Which would... Which would you rather not have? Yes. Or which would be more painful? I which guess I'd, I'd get a... object to? I think I'd get a piercing before a tattoo because really? at least I could get rid of the piercing. You could take it out on certain occasions, or all occasions. <laughs> like just have it in for a day, and then well, like if head I head out of town, if and I remove decided it? not to have it, I could make that decision. Whereas that's a little more complicated with a tattoo. Ah, how about the little uh, like pin uh, piercing in the nose area? What about that? Would it? Uh, uh, I could see Jake wearing that. Like I just can't. the tiny, tiny little thing where you think, yeah. does someone have a piece of glitter on their nose? Oh, it's a piercing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. No, but that one. See, you uh, might choose that one because people may not notice small. it. Yeah. yeah. No, like the I'm going with the '80s. Just one ear and make it big and dangly. You know, like something <laughs> like Barry Bonds, like something Andre Agassi would have worn. Yeah, or Barry Bonds. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh man. Yeah. What I do you think? Well, I could. I think you could pull that off. All right. Or a pirate hoop. A big giant pirate hoop would be pretty rad. All right, stay yeah, but tuned. then you worry about think about if that guy who had the cat attack him. Imagine if that cat had gotten a oh, big gotten a hold of a, a, a piercing. Yeah. That would be. Yeah. It would have been that a bloodbath. Torn, torn that thing right off. <laughs> stay tuned. Ryan Miller of KSL uh, dot com is going to join us coming up next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. This out.